I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly podcast where we take the iconic questions of fictional journalist Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City and apply them to modern life and love. As ever, you are joined by Steve's little skid mark, Dylan B. Jones, and Samantha's little blue pill, Juno Dawson. Welcome, Dylan. Hi, welcome, Juno. It's just us this week. It's just us. It's quite nice, actually. We've had a little run of guests. Yeah. And sometimes it is nice just to have just family, just family yeah. this week. And we which means we don't have to be professional or even that nice. Yeah, we can just be our, our just, horrible Just be our horrible selves. selves. Um, <laughs> and what uh, what are we watching this week, Dylan? Season three, episode seven, Drama Queens. Yeah. And like really not that much happens in this one, but but after like the complete car crash of the last three weeks it's actually quite a relief it was quite relaxing I, I was ju- you know I was thinking the exact same thing in the shower before <laughs> I put on the episode I was just thinking oh thank god there, there is <laughs> yeah. nothing controversial there is nothing challenging we don't have to set the worlds to rights we can actually just talk about <laughs> dating and relationships which is kind of why we started the podcast so that's what we Hooray. came here to, that's what we came here to do but we've been sidetracked by latent um, biphobia and race relations reverse, reverse racism and all the mm-hmm. rest of it so <laughs> Yeah, let, yeah, let's talk about the question that we're going to attempt to answer between us this week is, can you have a relationship without drama? Or does, does a relationship need drama to succeed? How do the girls get to this question, Dylan? I think it's time for your potted Pot- synopsis. Yeah, so Carrie, uh, I mean, it's peak, it's peak Carrie, isn't it? Mm, Carrie, right. Carrie is fucked off because uh, she doesn't have any problems. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore she's worrying that like life is too perfect. Um Charlotte gets obsessed with Phil. <laughs> who oh, we never meet who we're not even sure I'm not even sure if Phil like we never even find out if Phil exists. But Charlotte is in earnest now, desperately chase like wanting to get married and find a single a eligible single man to settle down with. Miranda more like progression of Miranda and Steve's increasingly intimate relationship and uh samantha tries viagra <laughs> in in the in the d ridiculous plot yeah and yeah. um, samantha's on viagra we'll 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 come to those three later let's start as ever with with carrie and her a plot yeah. um so yeah so aiden 
continues to wear a collection of oversized flannel blouses. Um, it's the only way to describe them. Yeah, um, I liked his. I liked his blue one, the hippie blue blouse oh, that he wore. Dylan, I can't with these blouses. <laughs> They're just. I, I'm not. I know Candice warned me two weeks ago about coming for Aiden. <laughs> to be nice, but he's They're so much very... sexier in season four when they redress him in season four. Yeah, yeah. Season season four, he starts wearing like white linen, doesn't he? But he gets, it... he gets kind of suited because yeah. he becomes a professional. Bar oh, and he has and he has a haircut as he well. He has a haircut and loses mm. a bit of weight. But um, yeah, I mean, Carrie's she she creates <laughs> she creates drama basically. So the the irony is, and I do I love the bit where she, Carrie is haunted in the night by her lack of worry. I've slightly <laughs> experienced that as well at times. I must admit, there are times where you sort of get that horrible tip of the tongue feeling where you're sure you're meant to be anxious about something. But you just can't think it. I mean, maybe that's a side effect of being a naturally anxious person. I don't know. Have you have you, know, you ever experienced that? Do you know what? I really have, actually. Um, because I caught myself because I was like, oh, fucking Carrie. And then I was like, do you know what? Actually, like, this has happened to me as well. And it's like you. It manifests in anxiety. And you're like, why am I feeling this anxiety? What's happening? Um I think, I mean, at least something good about this year is that there's always a reason, for, uh, there's always like a credible reason for the anxiety. In a oh, funny kind 100%, of, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like in a mm. funny kind of way, anxiety is more scary if it's there for no reason. Yeah. But I'm not sure if it's that deep with Carrie. I think Carrie's just like got Carrie ennui again. I don't think she's got anxiety. So I came, <laughs> I came here ready to slate Carrie. However... <laughs> There have been times, although we've kind of prefaced this by saying nothing particularly big happens in this episode. Actually, something big literally does happen Mm. in that we see big for the first time in a few weeks. And really, what they do with Carrie over the course of season three, I think is very, very clever, clever in that they turn her into Mr. Big. Yeah. And it's about addressing the idea that within all of us, there is a villain. Within all of us, there is a side of our character that we're not proud of. Um, there is the potential in all of us to break hearts as well as have our hearts broken. And and I think that that is the greatest, maybe the single best and most interesting story arc of Sex and the City is to take your heroine and turn her into the villain. And And it's not done in a... Shakespearean kind of dark willow, dark phoenix kind of way. Of the course of this season, Carrie's behaviour gradually gets worse and worse and worse, unforgivable, but we are kind of still on her side, which I always felt was an interesting and subtle plot because I think Carrie's... No great big spoiler, you know, I'm sure everybody who's listening to this podcast knows what's about to happen and that Carrie will eventually cheat on Aiden. I think that potential is in all of us. And and this really was the first time we see it. It starts to emerge and carry this sense that the roles have reversed and that in this relationship, Aiden is the Carrie and Carrie is the big. And she is the one who is struggling to make the commitment to Aiden. Yeah, you're right. I guess yeah, it started that ball rolling in mm. quite a subtle in quite a subtle way actually. Like I would never if I hadn't if I hadn't known before, mm. I would never have watched this episode and thought, "Oh, they're setting her up to cheat on him." Mm. Um 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think that Sex and the City would not be the iconic show it is today without that storyline. And I think that's part of why it had such a place in people's consciences because it is it is like it, in amongst all of Sex and the City's obvious ridiculousness and unrealisticness, it is like a real aspect of it. Hmm. Um, and Carrie is an anti-hero. Um that a lot of women, I'm sure, ident- and men, I'm sure, identified with. Um, so, yeah, like, a really... Im- I, I remember at the time being impressed with it, and I'm still impressed with it, that they mm. have their main protagonist cheat on her boyfriend, <laughs> basically. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's... it's I think maybe with 20 years of history past, it's what makes Sex and the City a legacy TV show, which is I don't think many other TV shows would have gone there. And I I think hats off to Sarah Jessica Parker as well, because I think a lot of actors would have said absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. And, we, you know, we know from... And Sarah Michelle Gellar, as a parallel, has said since that she really fought against... Buffy having that series six storyline where she starts sleeping with Spike. Mm, she didn't yeah. want Buffy to be morally dubious. And now yeah. as an adult, Sarah Jessica Parker is, oh my God, I get, um, sorry, Sarah Michelle Geller is like, oh, I get it now. I get why Buffy had to go through that. But I think it's Admiral of Sarah Jessica Parker to <clears> take <throat> Carrie in that direction. Um, and what's interesting as well is that there have been times, and I think as an adult, you see it in yourself as well, where you've been the big. And I know we all want to think of ourselves as the protagonist in our own life, but sometimes we are slightly the villain in our own life. Yeah. For me, there's been, there was one notable ex-boyfriend and it was kind of my first proper boyfriend. I was about 24, 25 years old and I had dated before then, but this was the first time it had really gotten serious and we were starting to talk about moving in together and he he wanted me to meet his parents, all those things, all the beats that happened in this episode with Carrie and Aiden. And I did freak out. And at the time, I know now, I just wasn't mature enough to handle an adult relationship. But at the time, I felt cornered. I felt terrified. I felt suffocated. You know, I felt an intense pressure. I felt like my freedom was being taken away, you know. And, you know, I acted out really, really badly. And and in the end, I kind of just freaked out. Mm. And slightly in a carry away I said I needed some time but Mm. what I actually needed was to run a fucking mile and and I kind of did and I treated him very badly actually um I will say I learned from it I've never done I've never done it again like I think from that guy I learned there there absolutely is a government sanctioned way to break up with someone and it is not refusing to answer your phone you know when when that guy was ringing me i wouldn't even pick it up because i was like he needs a clean break he needs to get it into his head that it's over how cruel how brutal of me i mean that's a young thing as well though isn't it like Mm. i was i've been awful i've been really not really awful to people in the past um i mean now we call we call it ghosting now we even have a word Mm. for it i ghosted my first proper boyfriend how awful Mm, yeah, I've. Ugh, I'm trying to think of. Like, I can't think of like a specific example. But the important thing is, like, I know that I have not been perfect, and it's good that Sex and the City reflected the fact that essentially, like, no one's perfect. Um, what was I going to say as well? Um, oh, when you mentioned the parents, 
Mm-hmm. I thought Carrie communicated very well with Aiden when she was like, when she just like said like, oh, like meeting the parents is a really big thing mm. and I'd really love to, but just not yet. And yes. I thought that bit, yeah, she was good there. Aiden, Aiden is quite frustrating in this one as uh. well. I would have that scene where they're walking through Manhattan and she's like, why aren't you married? Like, seriously. And he kind of slightly gaslights her into saying, oh, you're nuts, kind of. He he just, like, makes fun of her, which Mm. is kind of fair enough because she's, like... She commu- she communicates the parents thing well, but the rest of it she doesn't. Like she's a bit like, oh, like, uh, what's happening? Uh, and she doesn't really like communicate it properly. And then he's like, you're being crazy. Um, but yeah, he's very he's quite patronising to her mm. in some ways. And I mean, I wonder if I'm going to answer Aiden's question, why are you still single? Maybe Kissy comes on a little strong. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think, and I mean. I've said this to Max, my current fiancé, many, many times, so I don't think this is breaching any sort of trust. But there is a parallel world where we parted not long after we met. It was because I think when we got together, we were just too available to each other in that, um, you know, I'm self-employed, so I very much manage my own time. And Max was looking to date so he made he made time in his life for me i think i would have started to feel a bit panicky had i not through sheer timing had a four-week tour of australia and new zealand Mm. so bizarrely about three weeks after max and i met i chipped off for four weeks which meant that we just couldn't Mm. we couldn't move too fast because i was in a different country but it's funny because had i been in the country for those four weeks i think there was a potential that it would have all been a bit too much too soon. Interesting. And Carrie does say to Aiden, doesn't she? She, she says, maybe we should spend a bit of time apart mm. and then that would be okay. And he's like, what? Um, yeah, no, I get that. I do get that. Because you need to, I think at the beginning of a relationship, <clears throat> I remember saying this to one of my girlfriends years ago and it's the guy she is now married to and has four children with. So luckily it all worked out. But we were on a plane to New York. <gasps> Weirdly, the trip where we saw Cynthia Nixon walking through Manhattan in the West Village. I mean, ah! how Amazing. fucking iconic. Um, <clears throat> and we were on the plane and I could see she was very fraught. And at this point, she'd been with him for about six weeks and had seen a lot of him in that time. And she was just like, it's all too much. Mm. Like, I don't know if he's right or not. I'm spending a lot of time with him, but am I spending too much time with him? Is this the right thing to do? And that's when I realised that having doubts in the early days of a relationship is normal and healthy, yeah, it means and, that you it means that you care. Yeah, of course. And <clears throat> you know, you are making a decision if you're especially if you're going into sort of like a monogamous relationship, you're making the decision to see one person to the exclusion of all others. Yeah. And that is a decision that needs some thought and if Aiden is trying to hurry carry along, you can see why she might be like, hold the fucking phone. I need a minute. Mm. You know, I can't be rational about this life choice if I'm seeing you six times a week. Yeah. You know, that it's difficult. You do, I think, need a breather. And for me, my breather was going to Australia for four weeks. Yeah. So when, when I came back, I felt ready to date Max. Almost yeah. fresh. 
I was yeah. on. I came back. I came back refreshed and ready to start dating someone. Kind of refreshed. Refreshed. <laughs> um, what else can you do? Um, um, as much as as much as like she, we've we've just said like she did have some good points. I'm interested to see if you know what I mean by this. Recently, when I've been watching TV shows, because of the current situation we're all in, mm-hmm. I have found that some, and I particularly found it obviously with this carry problem because it's not it's not like a substantial problem. Um, I have found like some characters in TV shows or some storylines in TV shows will be put forward as like a massive drama. So like someone loses their job or something, uh, or in this case, Carrie has ennui because nothing's wrong. <laughs> but against the backdrop of, of what's happening in this world, it seems very minor. So like I was watching Mrs. America, which is incredible. Um, and her husband... Um, or someone's husband loses his job and it's like a major drama point in the episode. And it's like, oh, poor you, you lost your job. Like, yeah, everyone <laughs> I know has lost their job. We're living in a pattern. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's hard. It's a bit harder this year to sympathise fully with characters against the backdrop of what we're all going through. Well, we've, we've <laughs> never, we are not, we've never lived through a war. You know, it's kind of, yeah. we are, we're a generation of people, you know, we've never experienced, because I'm watching The Crown at the moment. That's mm. my lockdown viewing at the moment. Yeah. And because we were born after the miners' strike, we were born after power shortages, we, you know, we've been born after, you know, by and large, the UK has been at peace for our whole lives. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, we've seen turmoil, you know, Brexit and riots and Trump and all these things, but the pandemic has put things on a different scale. I mean, yeah. can you imagine if two years ago somebody said, you know, for six months of the year you will be locked inside and you're not going to be able to see your friends? You'd have been like, fuck off, like as if, kind of. Or I would have been like, or if someone had said to me, in December 2020, you will not be allowed into GAY venues unless you're carrying a, a meal from McDonald's. I would have been like, what, what are you talking about? I mean, you know- I, I, want, I want to meet these time travellers who have travelled back to 2018 to Warners. P.S. Keep an eye on the Harry Potter woman. You know, kind of just... I think they've probably all been locked up. Um, <laughs> well, the time travellers, yeah, yeah, they're... they're yeah. They're not going to be allowed here. Yeah. But did you? But yeah, I I was yeah. Like you actually have to have a bag of McDonald's to be let into jail. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh. Um, so, so yeah. So, so unfortunately, we have so little sympathy for Carrie because I'm like, <laughs> oh, bitch, put a mask on. At least you can go to a fucking restaurant. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Look at look at your life. You've been invited to a restaurant with two strangers. You know that's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, can we? Shall we answer Carrie's question? Do we need drama to feel like a relationship is worth it? Actually, let's take a break, and when yeah. we come back, we will attempt to we'll answer, answer that question. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. Um, this week we've been watching season three, episode seven, Drama Queens. And we are asking, do you need drama to make a relationship work? Dylan. Mm. Well, it's interesting. I feel like we've discussed this a bit before with Sex in the City. It's asked like similar things to this, hasn't it? Mm. Um, and what was it before? It was like, it was when we were talking about like dating, dif- are we dating the same person over and over again? And I talked about how I had dated like dramatic, crazy scene people. Um, and now I'm dating Chris. There's zero drama in mine and Chris's relationship. Like we never, like I think we've probably, arg- we've never had a serious argument um, and it works perfectly. So for me personally, no. Mm. I think mm. we've been programmed into thinking relationships should have drama. I think we are a nation of people who have grown up on soap operas. Um, (laughs) We have watched Hollywood. Sally Webster. (laughs) Yeah, Sally Webster. We've watched Beverly Hills 90210, Dawson's Creek, Buffy, whatever it is you grew up on. Yeah. As Carrie wonderfully explains in her monologue, which is we are taught there has to be drama in act two for you to have a successful act three. And you can see why when you go into an actual adult, healthy, mature relationship when no one is living with a secret identity or is on the run from the police or that you, you can understand why you're like, oh my gosh, is something missing? And I think maybe we do quite, we, all of us, we question things if they come too easily. We're, we're English. So, you know, we, yeah. we are trained to question Trojan horses as well, kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same position as you and Chris. I think Max and I have very little drama, kind of. Um, and do you know why? Because I'm a 39-year-old woman who would have left the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're about to get to, you know, sort of Maria throwing plates across Samantha's living room. Bada Absol- bing! <laughs> a little one! Bing! Bing! Um, I mean, absolutely not. And why? Because that's domestic abuse. And if somebody is throwing plates at you, you should immediately leave because it's an abusive yeah. and toxic relationship. God. Is Maria this season as well? That's next season. Oh, next season. So I was we'll say... get to Maria in due course, fear not. <laughs> I was going to say, if Maria is season three as well, then season three is truly the maddest season. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, yeah. but it's true. I mean, it's... A lot of a lot of time there there is a slightly I know we you know we we often look too deeply at sex and city, but there is a <laughs> there is a slightly uncomfortable truth there, which is very often drama is 
abusive or damaging. And, you know, my relationship that had the most drama was a very bad relationship with a man who fucked me around for years, kind of, and I was stressed and depressed and anxious and, you know, it really weighed on my mental health to be with, with guys like that. And so actually as an adult, you start to realize that a relationship that's full of drama is actually not worth having. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was perhaps slightly self-referential as well on Sex and the City's part. It was maybe Sex and the City being like, yeah, we know we're really dramatic with relationships and maybe relationships don't always have to be dramatic. Yeah. Um, I mean, Carrie, Carrie is not blameless in this. Let's not forget that a year and a half ago, she crept into Mr. Big's church to stalk him and throw Bibles across the room. (laughs) So Carrie, Carrie, is as dramatic, if not more dramatic, than Mr. Big. Oh, yeah, definitely. Steve's skid mark. <laughs> yeah, and this is, I suppose, I mean, is is this meant to be the relationship we're in? I mean, I don't want to talk about Max's underwear. I'm not going to ask about Chris's underwear. But I suppose Steve's shitty underwear is a motif for domestic quietude. There's yeah. a word I really enjoy, quietude. quietude. I don't think I've ever heard that word before. I love that word. It's I know, a... I immediately know what it means, though. Mm. <laughs> well, of course I do Max's laundry, and we spend a lot of time talking about, at the moment, we need to get some windows replaced. Mm. So that that's how exciting our <laughs> life is at the moment, which is trying to work out how does one replace a window. <laughs> Again, like yeah. it's been it's been interesting sort of addressing Miranda and Steve's relationship each week because it is it is just trundling along nicely mm. um in amongst the maelstrom that is the other three. Um and I think it's being done like like we've said before, like we don't have that much to say about it because it kind of is just progressing naturally. Um but I think it's being done very well very well written and very well acted. And Mm. I always enjoy seeing them together. And Um, it's where my life is at now. mm. So because maybe when I was, you know, watching this show when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, that must have felt, that kind of domesticity must have felt light years away. But at the same time, it was kind of, I did aspire to it. I was kind of like, you know, one day... I hope I meet someone who loves me as much as Steve loves Miranda and as much as Miranda loves Steve, kind of. Although I think we're about to see Miranda really start to struggle um, with with things. Mm. Um, I think the dog arrives in the next couple of weeks. but um, Oh, yeah. In, and that's the death knell. Yeah, yeah. the puppy. I want to have a baby, says <laughs> Steve. <laughs> that was a really good Steve. Thank you, I... <laughs> I want to have a baby. Oh, and um, they're in like, they're like sitting on the floor in like a noodle restaurant or something, aren't they? I can't mm, remember. Yeah. And the, the horror of when one partner realises they're in a very different place mentally yeah. to the other. Ooh. Um, so no, I think it's, it's a slow burning plot line and it's been given space to breathe. And I mean, having worked on TV shows, hats off to the production designer who had to create Steve's skiddy underwear. I mean, yeah. Like it somebody was... had to make that. Somebody had to <laughs> paint skid marks onto some underwear. Do you think it was Nutella maybe? 
It was too green to be Nutella. It yeah. was a very specific colour. And I love the fact that there would have needed to have been a team meeting where they approved the colour of Steve Skidmark's The shit. Skidmark's, the shit. <laughs> this is something this is something like that is that does another thing that sets sex and the sets sex and the city apart is we do see like I, like when it came up on screen, I was a bit like, oh, like <laughs> we we do see like the cum and the shit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's HBO. You can do <laughs> yeah. what you want. There are no rules. Um, yeah. So, no, I mean, it, it's very sweet. And I, I love it's a little resolution, which is Steve somehow manages to incorporate laundry into their sex life, yeah. which is that's the fun of having a long term partner, which is you can do ridiculous stuff i mean for me that's my favorite kind of sex where you can laugh and have yeah. fun and you know don't get me wrong there is there's always going to be a place for kind of like sort of wild pawny sort of like where you're like really trying to do your a game to really impress someone great but then true intimacy comes where you can relax and be yourself and indeed yeah. have sex on top of a spin cycle. <laughs> yeah. Good good times. <laughs> that reminds me of um Footballers Wives. There's like an amazing Tanya Turner line where um she has sex on top of like a washing machine <laughs> and she's telling the guy's girlfriend about it and she's like, "Yeah, we went right through the spin cycle and my word, he did have a full load." <laughs> Oh my god! Um, and it's just like the writers of that show, like, must have had so much fun. <laughs> I met um, Leila Ruas the other day, the actress who played Amber. Amber. Oh, Amber! Yeah, Amber. It was it was Amber who she was saying it to. Yeah, it was great times. I mean, who can ever forget when the pug squashed her baby to death? I just, I oh, golden age of television. Back to Sex and the City. Let, yeah. Let's discuss. I actually really like this plot line. The Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte applying business stratagem to her love life. And I tell you what, there were times in my life where I felt I'd gone down that route. Like I got oh, my God. diary out. I was like, this is the year I'm going to meet someone. Okay, I've I've cast my net far and wide. You know, I'm, I'm seeing Brad on Saturday, Steve on Sunday, you know, kind of. Yeah. It was, um, you know, if it's what you want, if if you are looking to meet people... It's like we said before, Charlotte is a go-getter. Like, Mm. she decides she wants something and she goes and does her absolute best to do it, which can only be, like, like, that's a good thing. Well, I mean, lots of people talk about his affirmations or trying to manifest things in their life. You know, in in the first episode of this series, Charlotte proudly announced on the Staten Island Ferry, I'm getting married this year. And and she meant it. Yeah, Um, she does. How, although, however, so we meet Trey for the first time in this episode. Right at the top of the episode, we meet we meet Trey, and um, I mean, I think as this series progresses, we will discuss the pitfalls of rushing into a relationship too yeah. quickly. But for now, Charlotte has this insane plotline, which which does introduce Trey, which is she. I must. You're gonna hate me. I really fancy Dennis. Oh, I fancied Dennis a bit as Interesting. well. Yeah, I he did. He looks, I got a sense that he might be a bit filthy. Yeah. Mm. And also like, yeah, like he's cheeky. Mm. <laughs> Again, he knows what he wants and he wants an extramarital affair with his yeah. 
wife's friend. I love um, Charlotte. I love Charlotte running out of the bar going, no, no, no. <laughs> like running out going, no, no. <laughs> in her very iconic lipstick skirt, which was much imitated. Um, she, her styling was great. I loved mm. the, um, when she's walking along with the umbrella, she's yes. wearing like the blue coat over the, that was gorgeous as mm. well. Oh, Patricia um, Fields. Patricia mm. Fields will never let us down. Mm. Um, again, Emily in Paris, to be honest, worth watching for the clothes, if I'm okay. honest. Um, Carrie yeah. has not one, not two, but three Christian Dior handbags in this episode. I they thought... retail at about $4,000 a pop. So <laughs> that's interesting. That, that one column a week is clearly paying very well. <laughs> yeah, my gosh. Um, the old woman who lived in her shoes. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Carrie's styling was quite sort of gladiator this week. Mm. I actually love Carrie's outfit where she is walking with Miranda and they're yeah. talking about the skid marks and she's got the, the she's got gold. the belt the belt around the vintage dress with the heels, the Dior handbag and the massive flower on her wrist and the huge top knot. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. Just amazing. Do you know I wish I cared enough to dress like that. And also, <laughs> of course, it's real life. High heels. <laughs> hurt <laughs> um, Let, let's not fuck around they hurt your feet so <laughs> um yeah so charlotte's yeah charlotte's obsessed with phil and then... a man she's never met but <laughs> yeah. dennis so she so to to explain the plot yeah charlotte reads this god-awful book which tells her if you want to get married you need to spend time around married people because married people know gray eligible men apparently just complete bollocks. And so she goes out with a couple that she knows and the the guy, Dennis, promises he will fix her up with Phil, but actually he sees an opportunity to shag Charlotte himself, which prompts Charlotte to flee. And then she's almost hit by a cab, which is carrying Trey McDougal. Kyle McLaughlin. Which is amazing. What an amazing piece of casting. Yeah. Like Kyle McLaughlin... He chooses, and I think he has always chosen his roles yeah. very wisely, including Showgirls. Yeah. I'm not, I, because you forget it's him. Like, yeah. he's so loathsome in Showgirls that you forget it's the same guy who is Trey McDougal or Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. I mean, he literally played the exact same. He played, he was Trey McDougal in Desperate Housewives. Yes, I wondered that because, so, because I did dimly remember him. He marries Brie, doesn't he? Yeah. Is that Brie's, right, Ian? Yeah, and Brie is like Charlotte. Like, it's, mm. it's the same. I think it's slightly different because... As every husband did in Desperate House, as most husbands did in Desperate Housewives, he like turned out to be an evil murderer. Um, of course, yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, essentially the same role. Um, but yeah, I like him. I think he's like funny and entertaining. He is, and he's. I, I find him to be an in, really interesting actor. I adore Twin Peaks. Um, Never I adore Showgirls. Oh, Never seen it, Dylan. Mm. I I was not as convinced by Twin Peaks The Return as a lot of people. I okay. respected it. Mm-hmm. No one else in the world except David Lynch could get away with making a show mm. like Twin Peaks The Return. But the first season of Twin Peaks is probably some of the best television that has ever, ever been. Wow. I should give it a watch. I'll give that a watch then. I'll put it on my oh list. Oh my goodness, Dylan. Fill your boots. It feels I like... Will. You know, it was Twin Peaks was given to me as a gift by my friend Kerry, and you, you know, it's a shame the second season. Twin Peaks and Heroes will go down in history as the shows which come off the rails 
right very quickly i mean i can think a few of the shows which have gone from sublime to ridiculous right. quite so quickly lo- lost potentially as well um but the yeah. first season of twin peaks is perfection amazing mm. i'm definitely gonna i've got a little list of shows to watch um until the vaccine comes out so. <laughs> <laughs> twin peaks do it i think if you do season one and the first 12 episodes of season two that's okay. sort of for me all the twin peaks you need to see so Okay. Um, um, what else so that's, we, yeah, Cal McLaughlin, amazing. We've got Samantha and the Viagra as well. He's really handsome, handsome doctor. Eyes, um, throat, eyes, nose and throat. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, I was curious about the Viagra thing. So yeah. I googled Viagra for women. Um, complete nonsense. It has no effect. On, um, on cis, you must, on cis you must also be very, very careful as well. I've heard rumours about men who do not have erectile dysfunction taking viagra and apparently you can have an erection that lasts for 24 hours so mm, yeah and it's also very dangerous um to do it with like poppers or cocaine because obviously those are two things that get your blood going and then viagra mm. really does that as well so you can oh. like have a heart attack um so don't do that but um do viagra if you need it it's available in booths Yeah, it feels like there was a brief period. I remember when Viagra first came to market, there was a bit of sort of moral puritanism about it. And oh my God, will men have heart attacks and die? Mm. And I think there there are warnings about that. And in fact, actually, it becomes an issue with Trey McDougall. Um, Charlotte compels Trey to take Viagra and he says, don't you know there's a history of heart disease in my family? So I think particularly in its early days, there was concern around Viagra and I don't know if that concern is quite so relevant now. They're worth Mm. looking into. I'm sure there's lots of people who use Viagra a lot. Yeah, it's become quite common with among among the gays. Really? Yeah, recreationally. So like it'll be quite common for me to go to like a casual for a casual uh, liaison. And someone, nice. say, and, someone will, um, and someone will say, oh, do you want some Viagra? Interesting. Is, yeah, interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, I looked it up and apparently I found a New York Times article that said this episode of Sex in the City um, spurred lots of women to take Viagra. Um, and, and found that literally and, nothing happened. And found that they just got a headache. Oh, <laughs> Which... no, just try poppers. <laughs> yeah. Goodness, so, girls. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, just like... A, a D plot. And I liked how they said um, how in the voiceover, um, it was like, Carrie was like, Samantha uh, was with a guy who she met at, actually, we're not quite sure even where they met. And it's just the writers <laughs> being like, yeah, we're not even going to try with this one. Like, she met him somewhere, <laughs> which I enjoyed. Amazing. Yeah. So in conclusion... No, you do not need drama to make a relationship work. In fact, I would posit that drama is what is hindering your relationship. Yeah. Um, And thankfully, at the end of the episode, Carrie realises she has been a dick and apologises to Aidan and meets his parents, which is lovely. But Mm. oh, dear Dylan, next week, it's the big time. (laughs) He's back, Mr. Big. And Natasha are back to haunt Big 
her back to haunt Carrie and Aiden at the furniture fair. Amazing. And this will be fun to talk about as well because it's juicy, mm. but it's not problematic. So we can just have a nice time and we can talk about it. <laughs> I've had a lovely time this week. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for bearing with us as we tackle <laughs> slut-shaming racism Bi-phobia. and biphobia. <laughs> um, we're, we're back. It's business as usual. We're here yeah. with your frothy relationship advice. Yeah. Cool. cool. Until next week. I've been Juna Dawson. You can I've, find me on social media at Juna Dawson. And I've been Dylan B. Jones. And you can find me at Dylan B. Jones LDN. And we are both at SIGTT Podcast. Please do like and subscribe us. It really does make a difference. Tell your friends. What else are you going to do? Until next week, um, stay safe and we'll speak to you then. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.